0: good morning. Morning. So excited to be here this morning with you guys and so excited to share this word. If you have your Bible, you can kind of flip towards um, John chapter 20. We're going to start a new series this morning. And I love love what God's been speaking in these last few days and I don't want to escape that. So this morning we're going to kind of transition uh, from talking about the empty tomb into um, the next step after we've come to the empty tomb. See, I think I grew up in church and you grew up in church, probably a lot of us. And what we know is you're supposed to come and and say a prayer. And then when you get done with all that, you're supposed to come to church. Anybody ever been taught that? When you get done with that, you're supposed to come to church. You're supposed to like put some money in a bowl and you're supposed to sing some songs, and you're supposed to like listen to somebody, read the Bible. And I'm not saying that that's not true this morning. There's reality and all that, um, but that's not all of it. And this morning, we're going to start the series, and it kind of jumps out of last week's message. It said, uh, "But, go. But go." We see in the empty tomb, these ladies, they come into this moment where um, Christ had been resurrected and there was an angel and he invited them down into the tomb and he said, hey, you don't have to be afraid here. If you want to check all your fear and anxiety and, and your depression, you want to check all that stuff at the door, you can step down into this moment of amazement. And they walked in and And he said, why don't you just come over here and examine this resurrection place. Come over and look at the table where Jesus used to be because a miracle of God has happened in these moments. I love that. They're they're standing in this tomb and you know these women have no real concept of what just went down. They're they're still like, but he died and now he's not here and I don't know what's happening. And this angel is like, you, you take as much time as you need to figure out Jesus is not here you can check under the table, you can lay on the table, you can go look over there in the corner, you can do whatever you need to do and when you're convinced that Jesus isn't here, we need to have a conversation. He says, "He's not here. He's risen or he's resurrected." That's still a big deal by the way, even though today's not Easter, every day's Easter for us. And then he says, "Come over here and look." These women take some time and then he says, when they're done looking, but go. Get out of here. Don't stand around in, in the tomb. Get out of here. But go tell the disciples and Peter. And from that place what we see is the empty tomb is the place that propels us, launches us out into the plan of God for the church and for our lives. And that's what we're going to talk about the next few weeks is this plan, this but go and this morning we're going to just continue the story over in John, we're going to be in about verse 19. And John starts setting some context for us and he he lets us know that it's in the evening or kind of later in the afternoon of the first day of the week. So what we figure out just in verse 19 is this is resurrection Sunday. This is the day, right? Like just a few hours ago, the Marys, they were hanging out in the tomb, and now they've left the tomb, and they've, they've met with the disciples, and they said, hey, you've you got to know this. Jesus is not dead anymore. He's alive. They immediately leave the tomb, and they start telling the story of the resurrected Savior, and they go to the disciples, and they're like, hey, Jesus is alive. The disciples run back to the tomb. Jesus isn't here, and then they come back, and later in the afternoon, this is what we see is going on, and he says in 19... It was the evening of the first day of the week, or Resurrection Sunday, and it says the disciples, now this is at least the 11 guys, because if you don't know what happened to Judas, we can talk about that later. This is at least the 11 guys, but probably the Marys were there and maybe some other people, but the disciples, the followers of Jesus, they were gathered together, having church, right? I mean, basically they were gathered together and it says they had the doors locked and they had the doors locked because they were in a friendly church. I'm just kidding. It doesn't say that they had the doors locked because of their fear of the Jews. These guys on resurrection Sunday have heard the story of the resurrected savior. And you're thinking, okay, we're having a party, right? Like, let's go get the, Jesus cake and let's get the Jesus hats and let's come together and let's celebrate the resurrection of Christ but that's not what they're doing is it Just a few hours ago. We figured out Jesus was out of the grave and immediately we just returned back to what we were doing Saturday Oh, that's really awesome I'm gonna go look and then you get there and he's not there and they come back and then fear just creeps right back in the door So what they do is they start throwing up these barriers, they start locking doors, and if there's windows, they're locking the windows, and they're making it hard to get to them because they're afraid. So they huddle up in this room because strength in numbers, and they shut all the doors and all the windows, and they get together, and it says they get together because they're afraid of the Jews. They're afraid of the Jews. Now, that makes sense, doesn't it? Just a few days ago, they watched Jesus be killed by these guys, right? They arrested him. They took him before Pilate, and they got everybody to chant crucify him. Pilate was like, well, that seems like a great idea. Let's do it. And then they took Jesus, and they crucified him, and they watched all that go down. And what they're thinking is maybe we're next. We, we don't want these Jesus followers. If you don't want Jesus, you probably don't want the followers, right? If you don't, you don't want the guy who can do all the miracles, you probably also don't want the guys who just followed the guy around. So they're afraid, and because of that, they huddle up in this room, and they're afraid the Jews are going to come get them. They're going to haul them off, and they're going to crucify them too. And that's compelled them to, to this place, this room, where they're locked in, and they're in fear. Now, now think about this for a moment. Just a few hours ago, they've heard the story that Jesus has been resurrected from the grave. Just a few hours ago, some of them even went to the tomb and looked in and saw there was no body of Jesus. But in this moment, they haven't actually seen Jesus. They've just heard stories about Jesus. And in these stories of Jesus, there was probably some hope and there was some, man, that's amazing. And there was probably a few moments of of maybe this is true. And then immediately they go back to fear. And because of fear, they huddle up and they're ineffective. They throw up all these barriers because they don't want anybody coming in to this space because this is our safe space. In that moment, I guarantee you there was not only fear but some other emotions happening. And it says, Into that moment, then Jesus came and he stood among them. Now, if we weren't freaked out already, right, like this is going to do it for us. If they weren't all already afraid, this is going to be the one. Because it doesn't say then Jesus came and he knocked on the door and Peter came and he looked through the peephole and then decided it was Jesus. And after asking him a couple questions only, he would know he unlocked the door and let Jesus in. And then they slammed the door and shut the door and locked the door, right? Jesus is here. It doesn't have say anything about unlocking the door, does it? It's because he doesn't need to unlock a door. Jesus wasn't like coming through the window, and this is not the story where they rip off the roof and lower Jesus down. Like this is not any of those stories. Jesus came in the room, and the guys had nothing to do with letting Jesus in the room. They were in fear. They were freaking out, and they had set up all the obstacles and all the barriers because they didn't want anybody coming in. But the guy who comes out of the grave also walks through the walls, and he came right through the wall, and he stood in there, And they're freaking out, so maybe they didn't notice. And it says, in that moment, Jesus says to them, Peace to you. This is like a common greeting. This is basically like Jesus saying, Hey, guys. Now imagine that. You're sitting in the room, there's at least 11 of you, maybe a couple more, and you're scared. And then somebody speaks, and you're like, Hey, that's not, that ain't James. And then you kind of look over your shoulder, and here's this guy that just a few minutes ago wasn't in the room with you, and that's a little weird. So they probably didn't even hear the greeting. He walks in the room, and he's like, peace to you. And what he's saying in this moment, their greatest moment of fear is, hey, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to freak out anymore. Jesus is here. You don't have to be afraid of the Jews. The Jews killed me. They threw me in a hole, and here I am standing in the room. You don't have to be afraid of what the world's going to do to you because the world did their worst to me, and I'm standing in the room with you today. That's what's happening in these moments. You don't have to sit in this room and freak out. You don't have to huddle up in these moments with all the doors locked. So Jesus walks into this moment of their greatest fear, and he stands right there in the middle among them, and he says, hey, what are you afraid of? You don't have to be afraid. If there was any other takeaway this morning, any lesson that the church could learn today, that we could learn today, it's, hey, what are we freaking out for? What are we so afraid of? The world did its worst to Jesus. They put him in a hole, and he come out. What are we afraid of today? See, we don't have to live in fear, and we don't have to live in the freak out And we don't have to live in the moments of everything's crumbling and everything's falling apart because the story of the empty tomb is, no, it's not. It may look like it, but God has a plan. God gets put in a hole. God comes out of a hole. And if that power that lives in him lives in us, we don't have to freak out today. So he walks in with the disciples and he says, I know you're scared and I know you're freaking out and I know it looks like everything's falling apart and God's failed and he's left you and all that stuff, but I'm here and none of that's true peace to you. Stop the freak out. Because Jesus is the story that we need to be talking about today. Yeah. So he shows up and he stands among them kind of in the middle. And he's like, I know the Jews have been the center of attention for a couple days now, but let's just turn our eyes at something else. And I know the your world's fallen apart has been the center of the story for a few days now but let's just turn our eyes to something else i know the anxiety and the fear and the doubt and the rejection and all those things that they've been the centerpiece of the story for a few days now but let's turn our eyes to something else let's look at the one who's already defeated all those things so he comes in and he stands among them and he says hey peace to you you don't have to be afraid And it says, having said this, this is how I know they didn't just, oh, man, that's Jesus. They watched Jesus die. They weren't expecting him to just show up in a room when all the doors were locked. Having said this, they looked at him, and they probably freaked out. And then it says, he showed them his hands and his side. He stands in the middle of them and he starts showing off the battle wounds. Right? He starts showing them the scars. He starts showing them, hey, you want to just put your hand, you want to put your hand through there? Like there was a nail there, you can just go all the way through there. Now this is kind of awesome to me because Jesus at this point has shed like every other scar. They, they beat him beyond the point of recognition, and here Jesus is standing in the room, and our issue with Jesus standing in the room is not like his beard's not in the proper space and his eyes still kind of bulging because they hit him really hard. Like, that's not the issue. The issue is he was dead, and now he's alive, and I just can't really wrap my mind around that. And in there, I need to know this is really you. Jesus says, this is really me. Go ahead and put your hands through the proof that I did take the nails, And he starts showing off these these battle wounds of, of the cross. He says, come on over here, guys, get close and look at what I've done. And he starts sharing what he's done for them on the cross. I love that. Jesus shows up in the room in the moments of their greatest fear. And what he starts telling them is like, hey, it's really me. See, I, I, did, I did die. You, you can come and you can, you can feel the places where they punctured me. You can come in and you, you can look at the, the holes in my body. You can see the, the place in my side. You can come and see that I really did die. They really killed me. This is really me. Sitting smoking mirrors, sitting some double lookalike that was kind of like Jesus that just showed up in the room and somehow he got through the walls. This is really Jesus and he still bears the scars today to say, I'm really Jesus and I really did do this. And he starts showing them what he went through on the cross for them to have this peace. And they come on over and they start examining these places, these marks of the crucifixion. And it says, when they saw this, they rejoiced. Because this is the proof, right? The sitting bill that looks like Jesus, this is Jesus, because nobody else has these scars. Nobody else can do this. And they see this and, and they start freaking out in a new way. They were in fear and now they're over here in joy. They were scared to death the Jews were going to come in the door, and now they're like, no, it's fine. Jesus is here. They killed Jesus, and he's standing in the room, and that's something to celebrate today. And they start seeing these scars, and they start rejoicing, is what he says, when they saw the Lord. When they noticed, this isn't just some guy who can do some things. When they notice this isn't just kind of the guy who multiplies the fish and walks on the water, but this is the guy who they killed and is now alive. That's when it clicked. This is the Lord. Man, I hope what clicks for us today is not, hey, Jesus can make every day a good day. Because that ain't the Lord. And I hope what clicks for us today is not, if, if I'll just do these things and kind of bargain with Jesus, then Jesus will do these things. That's, that's not the Lord. The Lord is Jesus who came and who died, stopped breathing, hung on a cross, and they killed him to wear our sin and shame and guilt. That's the Lord. So that we wouldn't have to. The Lord is the guy who stepped out of heaven and then stepped onto a cross so that we wouldn't have to wear the wrath of God. That's the Lord. And when Jesus introduces himself, he says, hey, my name's Jesus. Look at the scars. Not, hey, my name's Jesus. Look at my angels. Not, hey, my name's Jesus. Look at what I can do. He says, look at what I've already done. And when they saw what he'd done, and then beyond that, that he's standing in the room, they were like, there is no other person this could be because nobody else gets killed on a cross and comes out of that. This is the Lord. And there was some resolve that happened in those moments that changed these guys. You, you get that? These guys are huddled up in a room, and God's about to do an amazing world-changing thing through these guys. And it all started with, that is the Lord, Do you realize that at the beginning of this story, there is no difference in these guys and us? We're sitting in a room and we're locked up today and we're afraid today. But there was something happened that was greater than their fear when they saw the Lord. When you really get who he is, when you really experience that he did die and now he's alive, there's a life changing thing that happens. There's a shift that happens and it's what happened in these guys. They saw the scars and they saw that he wasn't dead anymore. And they rejoiced because this is the Lord. This is the Lord who death couldn't defeat. This is the Lord who the world did its worst to. And now he's standing in the room with us. And that doesn't bring fear. That eliminates fear. And that ushers in joy. It says, when they saw this, they rejoiced. And I love this. Jesus repeats himself. And anytime Jesus repeats himself, it's for a reason. He says to them again, peace to you. You get it now? Come and look at my side. You don't have to be afraid. Come and look at the nail holes in my body. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to let fear rule your life. The gospel is a story that says fear is defeated. And Jesus walks in the room. And what the first thing he does to these guys that have been walking around with him for three years is he shares the gospel. Man, if he's gonna do that with guys that lived with him for three and a half years, we need to hear the gospel over and over and over and over and over again. And it should every time be amazing because every time we hear the gospel, every time we take the cup and the bread, it should say, I cannot believe that he's done this. I can't believe that they killed him and he's just standing here in the room with us today. I can't believe that he's defeated My sin and my shame and my guilt. I can't believe that he has defeated death, hell, and the grave. I can't believe it, but he's here and I've seen it. I've not just heard about the Lord. I've experienced the Lord. And Jesus walks in the room and he's like, hey, um, come look at this. I got something to show you guys. Um, you, You don't have to sit here and be afraid anymore. You don't have to be afraid because I I died, but I'm standing here. The world did its worst to me, and I'm standing here. You afraid? Oh, you're afraid of the Jews? Look at all the effort they could muster, and I'm still standing here. Man, the gospel does something powerful over the fears in our life. So you thought, oh, the gospel, that's, that's from getting from here to heaven. No, the gospel is for the journey. The gospel, yeah, it's, it's the door, right? If we're ever going to leave this place and go be with God, it starts with the gospel, but we, every single day, need the gospel, Because we're just a few hours after the resurrection story in these moments and they're already huddled back up in fear. They've already heard, no, he's alive. They've already heard the story. And just a few hours later, Jesus is like, you need to hear it again. You need to hear the gospel again. You need to hear the story again. You need to experience this again. I know some of you went and you looked at the empty tomb, and that was an amazing thing. But I just, a couple hours later, want to roll back up in the room with you because I realize fear creeps in and doubt creeps in and all those things creep in. And I just want you to know today you don't have to worry about those things because they did their worst, and here I am. And I'm alive forever, it says. So peace to you. And then immediately after this gospel presentation, after sharing, Jesus does some sending. He says, peace to you. Here's the gospel. And then he follows that up with, as the Father has sent me, just like he sent me, I am sending you. Just like the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Now, we can look at this today and we can say, well, that was awesome. That was for the guys in the room. That was was their commission. No, that's all of our commission. The mission today is is the commission. You know what God's plan for your life is? This. This. You would hear and receive the gospel, and then you would immediately be sent into sharing the gospel. He doesn't say, just as the Father sent me, for those of you who I put a special evangelical calling on your life, you're, you're going to go and share, does he? He, he doesn't say, yeah, I don't know, James and John, you're pretty good. Peter, mm, maybe not you. You kind of messed up. Timothy, well, he's not even. Here. or Thomas, sorry, he's not even here. He did not say any of that, does he? He didn't say, all right, I'm going to send you guys off to school for a little while. We're going to go to seminary. And then when you got a degree, a diploma, where some man's told you that this is your mission, then you can, then you can go do that. He doesn't say any of that, does not See, it's not man that puts us on mission. It's God that puts us on mission. He puts all of us on mission, and the mission is the commission. And he looks at these guys and just right after, right? We just went from, I'm scared to death and the doors are locked. It's been a few minutes since then. So here's the gospel, then go. Here's the gospel, what are you you doing here? What are you still still waiting around for? Just as the father sent me, so I'm sending you. And I love this because how did the father send Jesus? What was was the mission? He was going to come and he was going to, He's was going to die. He going to give his life. They were going to crush him. And he looks at these guys he says, yeah, it's the same way. It's the same way. Uh, like every one of these guys, uh, it's true for, by the way. They all... You just keep reading the story, they all went, and every one of them died. I know that because none of them are here today. Some of them died in a very similar way to Christ, and some not. But they all died. Every single one of them died. Jesus looks at him and he's like you yeah, you're, you're going to die. Newsflash flash today, so are we. I hope I didn't spoil anything for you. One day your heart is going to stop and your lungs are going to stop and you're you're not going to breathe anymore and they're going to put a little time stamp on you and they're going to say done. And they Probably put you in the paper. I think they still do that if they have papers. I don't think most stuff's on the phone now, right? (laughs) And they're going to put you in a room and people are going to sing and they're going to talk about you. And if we already know that, then what we do with the stuff in between is what really matters. See, because if we know that, we don't have to live our whole life running from that moment because it will catch up to you. You may live 90, 100, 150 years if God so blesses you that way. I don't know. You may look like Yoda when you leave this place (laughs) if God so blesses you. But see, the reality is if you live 9,000 years, you're still going to die. And you may run from it like forever, but it will catch you. And if we know that, if we know like there's an expiration date on us somewhere and we can't see it and we can't find it, but it's there. Doesn't it really, really, really matter what we do in the in-between? Now, I've wondered so many times, like if I, something happened to me today and I was in the hospital and I knew that like it was going down for me. Am I going to regret those conversations that I sat through flipping through my phone? Am I going to, in those moments, value really the time that I spent in front of the TV or Instagram? And I'm not knocking those things. I do that. You know me. But, like, if I live 90 years and the sum total of my existence was I posted a lot of things and got a lot of likes and people thought I was a cool guy, is that, like, really going to be the thing that I'm like, man, I did it all? Because, see, when Paul dies, when, when he goes to his moment of it's over for me, you know what he says? He says, I fought the good fight, I've run my race, and I finished my course. And now before me is, is a, a crown of life. I've done it all. I'm fulfilled. There's nothing left for me to do. I'm laying here and it's about over for me. And I can say, man, I've done everything that I need to do. You know how many Instagram followers he had? Zero. Zero. You have any real followers he had? None, because he pointed people to Jesus. And at the end of that, he says, I'm ready to go. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm, re- I'm ready to get out of here. And I think it's because he got this one thing. I'm gonna die. So let me do something with the time that I'm here. Now they they're, they're going to kill me it doesn't it doesn't matter if it comes by them stoning me or them crucifying me or me just going to sleep one day it doesn't matter it's going to happen. And I don't think any manner of how it happens is fun. But man, if I live 90 years in this place and I get to the end and I've wasted 90 years in this place, I never lived for anything, it never mattered, I was just chasing, I was just running away from fear of death, then I never really lived. So you can't live if you're afraid of dying. You, you cannot live if your some goal in life is just not to die. And Jesus looks at these guys, and death has already happened for him. Rejection has already happened for him. They have done their very worst, and he's standing there after the nails, after the crown, after the, I quit breathing and they put me in a hole on the other side of the tomb. And he says, look, I survived death. Here's the gospel. Now you can survive death. Get out. Unlock the doors. Open up the windows. Go stand in the road and tell somebody. Just as the Father sent me for a very short time. This year I'll be the number of years that Jesus was when he died. And can I just say he was far more accomplished at 33 than I was. But it's cuz he did something with it. He he was running towards the cross. He knew he was going to die. He he knew the day. He said, "Let me do something." And do something that matters. And then he looks at these guys, he says, hey, just as he's sending me, he's sending you, you might die. You're, you're going to die. I don't know how it's going to happen. Well, he did know how it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. You're going to die, newsflash. Why don't you just go do something before that happens? I'm going to send you to live. Just as the Father sending me, I'm sending you. It says, after saying this, he breathed on them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, we're going to wait a couple days before we see this happen, because this happens in a dramatic and amazing way in Acts chapter 2, and and people notice, by the way. He breathes on them, and he, he says, hey, I just want you to know the Holy Spirit's involved in this thing. And then he says to them in twenty three if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. I'm going to read that again, because that's that's a strange verse. And it takes a little thought. He says this to these guys I'm sending you just as the Father sent me, the Holy Spirit's coming. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Man, that's a weighty verse, isn't it? Because how it reads, right, just literally how it reads, is if you forgive people of their sins, they're forgiven. And if you don't, they aren't. Now, I don't think it works exactly like that, thank the Lord. Because there's some of you that maybe don't like me so much. And maybe you would try to send me somewhere that I don't really want to be. And then it would get confusing because, like, if Nick liked him and Bridget didn't like him, like, what, how it, who, who wins that, right? Like, Nick's like, you're going to heaven. And Bridget's like, mm-mm. Like, who, who wins that? Like, right, like some of you, like, you have, like, an old yearbook, and you're back in your head, and you're flipping through, like, 27 years ago like yep yep do no know about you mm, probably not nope definitely not you like you're going through the thing and I, I just want to say like right off the bat like thank God we are not God Amen. and it doesn't work that way but can I just say it kind of works that way because what if you're the only one that would ever share the gospel with that person. See, here's the reality. It's not like somebody else's mission to share the gospel with the lost people in your life. It's your mission to share the gospel with those people in your life. And I I just want to say in the most serious way, if you don't share the gospel, what you are literally doing, and I think Jesus would back this up, is you're sending that person the hell right like imagine the end game of this if these guys would have been like man that's a really cool story and they just kept the doors locked never wrote about it never talked about it never shared that moment never said another word about this jesus guy and what he's done where would we be today where would you be today If they didn't take the mission that is the commission serious, the truth of it is, the whole world today would be going to hell. Because no one would have ever heard the gospel except for these couple of guys. So when Jesus says, if you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven, what he's saying is, it's a weighty message, guys. And you have the power in your words today to share with somebody the message that would save their soul. You can't save a soul, but you got the words that can save souls today. But you also have in the power of your words today the ability to make sure nobody you know is saved this is a powerful and important message that we have this gospel thing is not a thing where we just come around and we huddle up in a room with locked doors because we're so afraid we're so afraid of what they might do to us we're so afraid we might be rejected. No, they're, they're not rejecting us. He's already been rejected. We're so afraid they might quit talking to us or quit being our friend. Well, life's short, and if they make it to heaven, we can work it out there. We're so afraid we might lose this thing or this relationship or this influence. What is the heart of it all? Fear. See, it's the same church today, right? Let's wrap it on back to John. It may be a different room and it may be different locks today, but isn't that what we do? We come in and we bar the doors. And in here we're free to be, you know, Jesus people, but out there, I want you to see it. And what we need in the church today and in our lives today really is just for the resurrected Jesus to show up and say, hey, I just want you to know this, um, I know that you got the the cross that gets you from like here to heaven. I know you got that. But you need to know today that it also is the thing that breaks the power of death in your life, not just when you get there. Isn't that amazing? I don't have to fear death when it happens. I'll just fear it till it happens. That's not a mentality of the cross. The mentality of the cross is it's coming. And I'm looking forward to it. what What does Paul say? Oh, man, it's far better to depart and be with Christ If I'm here, I'm gonna work. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the thing. I'm gonna be so annoying to the devil. He's gonna wish he could kill me. I'm gonna poke that guy and poke that guy and poke that guy because I'm gonna I'm gonna plunder like the storehouses of hell today. I'm going to all my neighbors and my friends and I'm telling the gospel story. Jesus is alive and you can believe in that, and he's good enough and great enough to get you out of everything you're struggling with today. He he can break the chains of whatever you're dealing with today. He's the only hope in the world. Your job, it's not gonna fulfill you. people around you they're not going to fulfill you but I've heard from heaven today there's a resurrected savior that he's going to fulfill you and you can step on into that oh you don't you don't want to be my friend anymore that's fine I love you I'm gonna be praying for you I'm gonna text you I'm gonna just keep and I'm gonna keep telling you because we don't have to be friends right now we can work it out in heaven I'm not afraid of your rejection. The world did its very worst to Jesus, and Jesus is sitting, sitting in heaven right now on a throne. And I want to be where he is. I don't have anything to fear because the gospel says there is no fear. Peace to you peace to you that's the story if we could wrap our head around that today peace to you Jesus is already saying what are you so worried about what are you so afraid of get out there and do a thing you got to live we're all going to die who's going to live who's going to do something that matters who's going to do something that changes eternity for some people who's going to do something that changes the world we're all going to die who's going to live Story of the resurrected Savior today. today we're all going to die. Who's going to live? Peace to you. Don't worry about the fear. Don't worry about that stuff. We're, we're invited into today our own empty tomb. I love it because these guys hear it and it shifts something in them and they immediately go. And Thomas, you know, he walks in the room and they're like, hey, Thomas, I got to tell you something. Jesus was here. He's alive. Already, he walks in the room. Okay, he said to send, he sent me, then go. I'm gonna share the gospel. Thomas walks in, they share the gospel. First time the gospel presented is the first time it's rejected. Do you get that? It's not you. All these guys standing around, no, we've really seen it, no, we've really seen it. This guy's walked with him for three and a half years now and he's like, I don't believe it. No, you gotta believe it. They're persistent. They didn't say, ah, well, whatever. I'll go next door. They're persistent. And they continue and they continue and they continue and they continue. And then the God who walks through the wall steps right through. He walks up to Thomas and he's like, hey. Put your finger right here. Oh, my Lord and my God. Jesus shows up in the room and he changes everything for Thomas. Some of you guys have maybe been trying, working on people in your life. Can I just say, be persistent. God walks through walls. There's no barrier they have up that God won't walk through. If we'll be persistent in the mission that is the commission. We don't have anything to fear today. Except living a life that never really mattered for anything. And Jesus is saying to us today, everybody is going to die. who wants to live let's pray father god this morning we thank you we thank you jesus that we've all been invited into this story that god this is not a thing for one or two people that have went to the right school or maybe have the right gift this is a thing for everybody that's received the gift of god and his salvation in jesus the truth of it is today, we don't have to know all the right words and all the right stories and we don't have to have it all together and worked out. We just have to have seen the resurrected Savior and in seeing the Savior, we're sent